The Chef Nas Podcast begins now. Welcome to the Shep Naz Podcast. I'm Joe and I'm your host today. This past Sunday was Faith Promise Sunday and we had the opportunity to have missionaries join us during our Sunday morning service. Two of those missionaries were Ben and Catherine Radcliffe. Today, we'd like to replay their interview for you. All right. Well, welcome to uh, our Faith Promise Sunday, and uh, we're really excited to do it a little bit different this year. This year, we uh, rather than having a speaker come to us, we wanted to go to them. And so we are going to be visiting with Ben and Catherine Radcliffe. They are in Papua New Guinea, and they're 15 hours different from us right now. So you do the math. I'm not even going to try it, but it's a totally different time where they are. Uh, but we worked it all out so we can meet with them. And so Ben and Catherine, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to, to Shepherd today. Thanks for having us. It's our pleasure to be here. Yeah, great. Yeah. Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about yourselves. I know, uh, you know, some you were on our podcast a while back and some people uh, heard that. Some people maybe haven't heard it. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and who you guys are and your family a little bit, just so we can get to know you some. Why don't you start yeah. with the family? I'll tell you about us. We are um, both physicians serving here at Nazarene General Hospital in Kuja, Papua New Guinea. Uh, we have five children. I'll tell you about them first, and then Ben can take over with the other details. Uh, Simeon is our oldest. He's 11. Matthias is nine. We have twin girls who are seven, and uh, they are Tabea and Naomi. And Luca is um, three, and he adds a lot of joy to our family, too. Great, great. So you're both physicians, and you have five children, so you're not busy at all. Yeah, no, we, we like to keep it calm and just <laughs> low key around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And and how long have you guys been there in, in Papua New Guinea serving at the hospital? Coming up on nine years here at the beginning of February. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's that's amazing. Nine years. Well, and also, I believe this morning, before we go too much further, your uh, Ben, your parents are here um, and Jim and Catherine, right? And so we're glad that you guys are here. And I didn't know if you had anything you wanted to say to them. I don't know if you get a chance to talk to them all the time. But, yeah, you can talk to them in front of a couple hundred people. That'd be great. Hey, Mom and Dad. Thanks for being there since we couldn't be. <laughs> it's always great to have you part of the ministry. They really are part of what we do here and support us so much. So just having them there is a special gift. Great, great. Well, we're glad, we're glad you guys are with us and glad that Jim and Catherine are with us as well. So you guys have been there for about nine years, and you're serving really as missionaries. So tell us a little bit about the journey, about how you got to where you are, how you, how you ended up in Papua New Guinea, and what God was doing in your life to get you there so that you could have that ministry opportunity. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it goes all the way back to my childhood. Uh, my mom and dad uh, served here in Papua New Guinea for almost 33 years, and so I spent a number of my growing up years here. Um, but if you'd asked me in early to mid high school if I ever was going to be a doctor or be a missionary, I would have told you there's no way in the world. Um, <laughs> but uh, over the years, the Lord uh, worked on my heart and uh, changed my mind. And uh, along the way, I met Catherine. Catherine and I met uh, when we were at Mount Vernon Nazarene University. Uh, Catherine. I'll let her share a little bit, but she. Yeah. So I knew from really a young age, probably 
like the age of some of our kids right now that the Lord was calling me to missions and he made it clear later in life that that would be through medicine. Um, so that was, that was my upbringing. I didn't have missionaries in my family, but he, he gave me an interest in other cultures and places so that um, then I feel like the Lord was very clearly in our meeting and our relationship. And we met at Mount Vernon Nazarene University and um, we're in a Bible study and discipleship group there and we're good friends and then um, started dating after that. We got married after college and went on to medical school together at Wright State University uh, mm -hmm. there in Dayton, Ohio. And then we ended up in Columbus for our uh, specialty training or residency. I was at Riverside for five years. Catherine was downtown at Grant. Uh, and the Lord got us into places that were going to be good preparation and training for coming to the mission field. And uh, so after all those many years of training and preparing, he opened the doors for us to come uh, back home for me to the place where I grew up. And uh, one of the great blessings of that was I got to work with my dad for a couple of years before he retired. So that was maybe one of the professional highlights of my life oh, uh, to get good. to operate with my father. Uh, and the Lord has sustained us uh, over these last nine years. Um, and even this last year, I've taken on a new role at the hospital. I'm now the medical director, so I'm responsible for not just operating and taking care of patients, but also for the administration. And that's been a big stretch for our family uh, and trying to wear multiple hats. So I always appreciate prayers for the Lord's uh, enablement and sustained grace because it's they don't teach you how to run a hospital during your surgical training. And so having <laughs> to learn a lot and rely on the Lord. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think it's neat that you guys have this Columbus connection that you did, you know, went to school here at Mount Vernon and then, or close to Mount Vernon and, or in Mount Vernon, but went to, you know, did your residency and stuff like that here in Columbus. And now you're there in uh, Papua New Guinea. And so, uh, Catherine, for you, I think it's, it's really cool that you knew that God wanted you to be in missions and it was medical. Like when I was growing up, when I thought about a missionary, I never thought about doctors. It was just always like, you know, go and just tell people about Jesus and, and how did you how did you have that how did God kind of shape that for you so you knew that Yeah like I said I knew that he was calling me to missions and that was really more not an audible voice but just kind of constant affirmations in my growing up years having missionaries come to our church Lake Home Church of the Nazarene there in Mount Vernon yeah. um seeing them set up their slides and watching their pictures and realizing I want to do that I want to go there and I think that uh, for my kind of anxious, worried heart as a kid to be able to say that that was something that God was calling me to was a really big deal. It wasn't until probably high school when the Lord made it clear that he really wanted me to go into medicine. Honestly, I probably could have um, been a teacher more easily. I probably could have done other things. Science was challenging for me, and I knew that that was going to be um, a long, hard road ahead through medical school and all the testing um, and there were other things that I might have been able to do well and do easier, um, but it that wasn't what the Lord had. And he, he made the way for me to um, get into medical school, despite some of the challenges academically that I had um, getting to that point. But, um, but he made it really clear, even a medical missions class that I took from my father-in-law before he was my father-in-law. <laughs> I was a senior in high school at Mount Vernon High School. I walked across the lawn to MVNU there uh, where 
um, dad was teaching a medical missions course. And so I got to audit that course when I was a senior in high school. Ben was actually in the course as a freshman. So even things like that along the way that helped to affirm what the Lord wanted me to do. That's cool. That's a neat, neat story. Thank you for sharing that. That's cool. And so, Ben, uh, probably not many hospital administrators are doing surgery also uh, here, I'm guessing. So that, that's pro- you're probably a pretty busy guy doing all of that stuff. I'm busier than I want to be most days, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love, I love operating, and uh, I am enjoying the challenge of administration. I, always, I often feel inadequate and have to rely on the Lord and trust that um, He'll fill in the gaps where I don't have the training or the education or the time mm-hmm. or the resources that I'd like to have. Um, and so yeah. I want to keep relying on Him and keep learning and keep trusting and learn how to do it well. Because uh, yeah. I really believe that God has called us to this and called me to this specifically, and that this is how He wants to use me to build His kingdom. And so I just want to be open to that and uh, continue to be faithful to that call. Join us for Ignite Prayer Service on the first Tuesday of each month at 6.30 p.m. at Shepherd Church in Gehenna. Come and experience the power of prayer and hear testimonies of answered prayer. All are welcome. Tell, tell us a little bit about the hospital, the people that you serve, and what kind of things you provide for them, um, just so we, so we would know. Yeah, I'll start and then you can fill in the gaps with the family side of things. So we are located in the highlands of Papua New Guinea. Our hospital is the only hospital in our province or state. And so we serve a population of about a half million people now. Uh, We have people also from all over the country just based on the reputation of the hospital that try to get to us. And we can't care for everybody that comes to us. So unfortunately, we have to turn people away. Uh, The average person in our part of the country lives on... a dollar to two dollars a day. Uh, these are the poorest of the poor who don't have access uh, to a lot of the things that we would consider standard of care in medicine. And so we try to do the best that we can with the limited resources that we have. But we want every patient that walks onto the grounds of the hospital to experience the love of Jesus. Uh, we believe that it's through Christ like compassion and caring for people. Uh, in a hospital or healthcare setting, uh, often at points of great need for them, that they have the opportunity opportunity to encounter Jesus sometimes for the first time. And so from our cleaners to our lab staff, to our nurses' aides, to our nurses and our doctors, uh, we have a team that ministers to these people that come through our gates by praying with them, uh, by doing the very best that we can with what we have. And so uh, every day we have the privilege of being the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, For me, uh, I'm awake early most mornings. I try to exercise, have some devotions, and get ready for the day. Uh, We have a missionary kids school here on the compound where the hospital is. There's about 20 missionary kids here. And so we're trying to get breakfast and get out the door (laughs) early (laughs) most mornings to start the day. Uh, just like a lot of families during the school year, it's always it's always a mad dash in the morning yeah. to get everybody out the door to school and uh, me down to the hospital for rounds. Uh, I spend two of the days uh, in the operating room, Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, and try to spend uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday 
Uh, I make rounds and then I go to the office and try to do administrative things, do meetings, mm-hmm. keep the hospital running, um, and then try to make it home in time for dinner. Sometimes Catherine has to text me and go, we're sitting down. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Try, a little reminder. Try, trying to be better about that. The nice thing is I live about 100 yards from the emergency room door and 25 yards from the door to my office building. And so... I can walk home quickly or I can walk to the hospital quickly when needed. Yeah, there's probably some good and bad to that, right? There is some good and bad to that. Last night it was good. Uh, one of our trainee doctors who I work with uh, was on with me last night and he called me at about nine o'clock and uh, said, we've got a guy with a gunshot wound to the back and it comes out through the abdomen and I think we need to take him to surgery. And I said, That's a good call. We need to go check him out. Wow. Uh, and so didn't take me long to get to the hospital and the Lord helped us in surgery last night and uh, that young man who was drunk and shot by the police now has we have a captive audience so we're gonna have him for the next week or so and he's yeah. gonna get to hear about Jesus wow. <laughs> and we're gonna love on him and we're gonna try to help lead him into the kingdom that's awesome great <laughs> <laughs> our three-year-olds at the outside door you can tell them to stop <laughs> well, we we have a bunch of kids on the other side of this door too, so totally we totally understand. That's great. So wonderful. Well, uh, and so so you're busy pretty much all the time there. Tell us a little bit about um, like um, you know we talk about faith promise, and that's what we're doing here this Sunday is raising money for faith promise. And can you tell us a little bit about how faith promise is? Um, how does it affect you? Is it something that's helpful to you? And so people here in, at Shepherd would pledge money, give money, and then we send it to the church, and you are a recipient of that sometimes. How does that help you or benefit you guys? Yeah, so the World Evangelism Fund, which a large portion of Faith Promise Giving goes towards, uh, is what pays for a portion of our salary, our health insurance, um, things that help us stay on the field and be able to minister. So there's a very direct connection there. Uh, I I can say uh, very clearly that we couldn't do what we do without people who give through faith promise. Mm-hmm. Right? We get to we get to stand on the backs of those who give, and mm-hmm. we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus for those who the Lord hasn't called to go overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we couldn't do it without them, and so. For people who haven't given before, I would encourage you, you can participate in the ministry that we have at the hospital by giving through Faith Promise and by praying for us. Um, I I can't stress that enough. It's the prayers that go along with the giving uh, that sustain us and help us through the long days and the long hours that get me up the next morning after operating in the night for another full day um, because sometimes I don't have the strength. And so... It's really humbling to hear, we hear every once in a while that somebody we didn't know about that knows about the ministry here and the hospital is praying specifically for our family. This just happened the other day. Mom and dad told us about somebody who is praying for us literally every day. Hmm. And and give sacrificially through Faith Promise all of to this. the World Evangelism Fund to, to help us fulfill our, our call. Um, mm-hmm. I like to say in surgery, you know, a surgeon has so many people who help him. We're very needy doctors, right? I need my scrub nurse and the anesthesia officers and the people who clean and sterilize the equipment. 
And for us as missionaries, it requires the people in the pews at Nazarene churches all over the world who give sacrificially through faith promise that allow us to minister here at the hospital. And we couldn't do it without that huge team that stands behind us and supports us. Wow. That's amazing. I, um, I, I'm blown away. I mean, uh, one hospital for 500,000 people, the average income is a dollar to $2 a day for them. And so to know that when you give to Faith Promise, you're supporting the work that you guys are doing and doing it in Jesus' name. What an incredible ministry that you guys have. So thank you so much. Catherine, we were going to ask you, what, what's a day like for you? I know you probably take care of the kids, but you're yeah. also a physician. So what's a day like for you? Yes, I am a family doctor by training. Um, and at the moment, that's on hold so that I can be a full-time mom and wear some of the other hats that I have here on our station. I'm in charge of our hospital housing. I'm in charge of um, all, I'm our volunteer coordinator. So we have a lot of um, physicians who come through, physicians and other medical volunteers mm -hmm. who come through our doors every year. So I help coordinate all of the logistics for them and get them here to help us in the hospital. And this year I even had the unique and exciting privilege of being our missionary kid first grade teacher for the first couple months of this school year. We, uh, you know, on the mission field, you do what you have to do to educate your kids and to make this place run. So that was a special privilege too. And um, so a day for me is really supporting our family. And mm -hmm. so making sure that, um, that our kids are cared for, that Ben is cared for, that there's food on the table. And and a lot of the things that I would be doing in the States, we just do it a little differently here in Papua yeah. New Guinea, uh, which makes things fun too. But I also have Papua New Guineans who come to our door almost daily with needs, with uh, requests, wanting to give us things, um, selling fruits and vegetables, all kinds of things. So I do have unique interactions with our national folks here as well that are always a blessing and yeah. reminders of why we're here. That's neat. That's neat. Well, I hope you guys have a whole nother room in the house where you can put all the different hats that you wear because it sounds like you all wear a lot of different hats <laughs> and are very, very busy. So, well, thank you so much for taking some time to, to be with us this morning. And before we wrap up our time with you guys, could you share with us any specific ways that we could be praying for you guys and your family? Yeah, I think uh, just pray for me as I uh, lead the hospital and as I learn how to do administration. I want to do it well, um, but it's a it's a steep learning curve, and so just be in prayer for that. Also, our family is preparing in the next uh, in April. We're going to be coming back to the states on home assignment, and so to uh, in the middle of the school year still. Yeah. uproot the family, move back to the States. We'll spend a lot of time traveling, speaking. So praying for us as we make that transition for those three months that we'll be in the United States as a family. Um, we'd appreciate your prayers. And then for those that we leave behind, right? When we step out of the many hats and roles that we fill, yeah. uh, there are others who have to step in and cover while we're away. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're taking those things on in spite of the heavy load. Mm -hmm. And so I think other than that, what else do you... You can be praying for the education on our station for yeah. kids in particular. We are sort of on the cusp of maybe doing something new, in particular for our Papua New Guinean children. We have a hard time retaining higher level staff here because we do not have good education for our Papua New Guinean kids. Mm -hmm. And so we are starting just now. We have 
meetings in this next week to talk about how we increase the level and quality of education for those kids. And honestly, we also always have ongoing needs for our missionary kids and their Mm -hmm. education. We rely on volunteer teachers to make that happen. And so you can be praying that the Lord would uh, call and bring to us teachers who can help help our kids as well as help us in this process of um, improving the education for Papua New Guinean kids on our station too. We want to be able to attract and retain Papua New Guinean doctors and disciple and mentor them uh, so that they can carry on and do what we missionaries have been doing for yeah. 57 years here at the Nazarene Hospital. But. Wow and then administrators and other folks. But we need those people to come alongside us and to stay. And the kind of people who care about their kids and their kids' education are the kind of people we want. And that's been a real hurdle for us. So we definitely appreciate prayers about that. Great. Well, we will, we will definitely be doing that. And again, thank you guys so much for taking your time to be with us. And we will certainly be praying for you. We appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be with you. It's a blessing. Our pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed this interview with the Radcliffs, and perhaps you might be able to share it with some of your friends or family. If you want to follow along with what's going on with the church, visit us at shepnaz.org. Also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.